0: We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. American prosperity
2: is the bedrock of freedom and security all over the world. An obligation to the heritage of liberty and dignity handed down to us by our forefathers.
0: It's time for the Pro-America Report with Ed Martin on The Answer San Diego.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Another great show coming at you today. We'll hear from John Schlafly in just a few moments. We actually didn't hear from him last week. He was giving me some grief. Uh, we missed him last week. We'll hear from him this week and probably again a second time. He's got a column coming. Uh, his column, the Schlafly Report that he writes with his brother Andy, runs over at uh, townhall.com Tuesday evening. It posts about 6 p.m. Uh, East Coast time. And then it is also uh, archived over at phyllisschlafly.com. We'll also talk with uh, Ted Malik, our old friend Ted Malik, about his recent column and uh, a lot going on. But what you need to know today... What you need to know right now is the breathless coverage of Donald Trump uh, being arraigned in New York City, uh, the New York County District Attorney. It's often referred to as the Manhattan District Attorney. That is incorrect. It is the New York County District Attorney's office, and they, the main office is in Manhattan, so you'll often hear it shorthand, Manhattan DA. Um Uh, And uh, Mr. Bragg, uh, Mr. Bragg has uh, indicted a ham sandwich, in this case, Donald Trump. Uh, The old joke goes you you, a grand jury can indict a ham sandwich. And the joke, of course, is because a grand jury, by definition, hears only one side of the story. A grand jury does not hear a defense lawyer. It does not hear cross-examination. It hears what the prosecutor wants to present. In the best light for the prosecutor, there is no obligation. There is a moral obligation, an ethical obligation, a duty, but there's no legal obligation to present all of the exculpatory evidence or what might be arguably exculpatory. So uh, what happens is the joke is, you know, if you present if you want to, if you're a prosecutor, you can indict a ham sandwich because you can just present things in such a way that someone will get indicted. That's the joke. Uh In this case, Donald Trump, he's being indicted. It looks like we don't even know. We'll find out more details. Maybe, maybe if they're not under seal, we'll find out what exactly the many, many counts are. But the leaks so far have been that they are uh one felony charge related to the fact that there were other misdemeanors that might have been done in furtherance of a felony. This is sort of a supercharge that the law in New York allows. It's crazy. It's silly. It's dumb. But here's what you need to know on Twitter at about midday on Monday. I noticed that there was real. It was about maybe it was two o'clock on Monday afternoon. I noticed on Twitter that there were a, a couple of tweets. And then I realized it was more than a couple. And it was people complaining that MSNBC in particular, but also CNN and everybody was covering Donald Trump down to the minute. So I stopped what I was doing and I went and took a look and what I discovered and what you need to know is once again, they are underestimating Donald Trump. Once again, they are misunderstanding Trump's uh, strength and his style. And that's because starting at around noon East coast time on Monday, there was literally like uh, minute by minute coverage. They had helicopters over Mar-a-Lago that shot video live. We've got live footage of the motorcade from Mar-a-Lago, three point eight seven miles to West Palm Beach International Airport. Now let me pause and tell you something interesting. When I was at um, in in Palm Beach uh, a few weeks ago, we finished a meeting at the at the Mar-a-Lago at Mar-a-Lago with President Trump. And we got into our car uh, and we drove and my friend was driving. Uh, I was with Cynthia Hughes, the founder of the Patriot Freedom Project, and our fr- her husband, a friend of mine, was driving a big SUV. And as we drove, we went past the airport and there sort of right within sight, really well uh, positioned was uh, what they call Trump Force One, the big, beautiful jet painted you know, Trump on the side. And we all sort of had a chuckle. There's Trump. No matter what, he's got, uh, you know, he's got visibility and people are seeing his stuff. Well, the coverage on Monday of Trump was just, it was all breathless. Then they had breathless coverage of, of the takeoff of the plane. Then they were tracking the plane. Then it landed in New York and they were tracking it in New York. And here's the complaints that I saw on Twitter. Why are you covering Trump like this? Did, don't you remember 2016? These were from liberals. What are you doing? Don't let this guy get all the attention. These are from liberals complaining about their own station, MSNBC. And I realized that the media is so desperate for attention and they have such terrible ratings. Last week, the ratings that came out in primetime, I think it was, had Fox beating everybody easily, MSNBC having a little bit, I don't know, a million people watching in primetime. And then, and then CNN had like, Nothing like 300,000, something ridiculous, something really anemic. And my point here is the media is even online. They're right on Twitter. They're right. The liberals are right. These are rank and fire, rank and file liberals, not people. I recognize their name or anything. And they are correct. And they're correct in this. They are falling into the Trump trap because they don't actually uh, uh, they haven't been covering Trump moment to moment because they wanted to ignore him. They used the excuse of January 6th was a total lie to drop him off of social media and to not cover him. And they haven't figured out how they were going to get back to it. Now they do. It's going to be America's trial. America's trial. And they're going to cover it breathlessly. But here's the trick. Trump loves it. Trump loves it because he positions himself as it's him against the world. He positions himself as the outsider. No Republican, no re- even, even the greatest fighters, the greatest battlers of the Republican Party haven't been forced into court while they're running for president. Even the toughest hombres, even Reagan or W. Bush in 04, they didn't get pushed into court, arrested and arraigned. Trump is becoming... Like a political hero, a political persecuted prisoner and a hero. And now the judge is, is threatening to uh, gag him. You know, Roger Stone's been all over social media as saying, hey, they're definitely going to gag Trump. The, the, the judge is not going to let him talk. You think that's going to stop Trump? What are they going to do? Imprison him? Honestly. And so those Twitter those Twitter folks, those those liberals on Twitter are exactly right. But you know what? What you need to know is they cannot stop themselves. The media cannot stop themselves from covering Trump because they need it. They need Trump. Trump is what they need to do what they're doing. To, I mean, to keep doing what they're doing, to, to have news programs. And so they're actually, they're secretly thrilled. Andrea Mitchell, secretly thrilled. Not so secretly, even See, clearly, you know, moment to moment coverage. And even Andrea Mitchell, I think they were she was going to complain because she was actually saying it doesn't seem like the charges are too strong. And we'll see. We'll see. But what you need to know is once again, just like Hillary and those and those at that time, remember, they said, oh, Trump is a cartoon character. He's uh, he's not going to be serious. There's no way he can win. He's never done this. He's not he's not capable of doing this. No way. No way. Well, he did it. And in this case. In 2016, he only won the election by uh, less than 150,000 votes in three or four states total. And in 2020, he only lost by 55,000 votes in three or four states. So it's going to be divided, the election, and Trump is riding the wave, the energy wave. And it's over in the primary. It was over before I called that. But it's over for sure now. You can bet your bottom dollar on that. So you're watching an unbelievable show, and Trump is you know loving every minute of it, and he's going to keep loving every minute of it all the way down to the end and and I, I think you know another quick thing, what you need to know it this week <coughs> pardon me, this week is one of those weeks that is dead for the media. Here's how you know. If you want to know that it's a dead week for the media, here's how you know. you go and you get you go to Politico. And when you get to Politico, you look at the stories and you say to yourself, how many of these stories could have been written two weeks ago? Front page of Politico, AOC is now a part of the Democrat establishment and doing blah, blah, blah. And another story on uh, Mike Pence and uh, his campaign think pieces that are written two weeks earlier so that everybody can go on vacation. The media loves to go on vacation right about now and uh, for this week because it's Easter week. Congress left on last Thursday. And Friday, all the members are gone for two weeks, the Senate and the House. All the staffers are gone. It's an exodus, it's a ghost town down there, and they don't want to cover it. And you know who steps into it? Here's Donald Trump, who's going to be the center of the universe for the next, what, two weeks, 10 days? It's amazing. That's what you need to know. All right, we'll take a break and come back and talk with John Schlafly right after the break. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. We'll be back in a moment.
0: the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego.
1: Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Time to catch up with John Schlafly. He was complaining earlier today by uh, and Google Chat or something that he does that he was not on last week and demanding equal time or something. So he's on today, and we'll uh, we'll get an update on what's going on. Part of the reason, John, is because for the first time in a long time, I thought, well... Last week's column of the Schlafly report available at townhall.com and also over at phillisschlafly.com. Uh, John and Andy Schlafly write a weekly column. Don't play nuclear chess against Russia. I mean, John, that nuclear, you know, war, thermonuclear war, you know, a, a nuclear winter, that's not that interesting. We've got hush money to Stormy Daniels to talk about. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, by the way, John, let me tell you 40th, 40th anniversary next year. 2024 of um, The Day After. You remember that movie? The Day After
2: um i do vaguely remember oh you don't that. you don't have
1: you you must not you you might have been uh, when did you go to law school you might have been in school still or something because no you were working you were already out of school because it was quite a thing they it's still the it's still the highest watched or whatever not how you ever say that uh, tv uh, tv movie ever and it was about the nuclear fallout after a war it was 1984 and it was widely uh, you know uh, uh, kind of credited with m- keeping everyone focused on the idea that we should have uh, that we didn't want nuclear war and we had to stand up to the Ruskies. so Anyway, back to you, John, uh, your column don't play uh, chess uh, don't play nuclear chess against russia how, how scared should we be
2: Well, I you know there's no end in sight to the war that is underway it's been we passed it's been going on for more than a year, and uh, what happened last week is that Russia announced they were moving tactical nuclear weapons into their neighboring country of Belarus, and that was quite a, a you know a, That was a threatening gesture. And I think it should remind Americans of the stakes, what's really going on here. And we need to ask a lot of serious questions about what we're doing and uh, what Russia is doing and what Ukraine is doing, because we're getting deeper and deeper into a quagmire, it seems to me.
1: Well, we're talking with John Schlafly and John and Andy Schlafly's column again is the Schlafly report available at Phyllis dot com. John, uh, since the column posted a few days ago, I think that the 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 um, Putin again reiterated he's putting some nuclear weapons either on the border of Belarus or in Belarus. Um, We have the news that um, uh, the Taiwanese uh, president is going to meet with, I guess, the speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, as well as a Democrat. I I don't know why that matters, but um, in in Los Angeles in a few days um thereby enraging the chinese communist party we have news that TikTok, the communist chinese owned uh in uh, persuasion machine that is used on about a hundred million americans uh that our feckless congress refuses to ban it um and instead is negotiating how to give more power to the government over all of social media they're morons um so the communist chinese are winning all the time john um how how much of a how likely is it that they test this president?
2: Well, I think they're making moves on the chessboard right now. And, they, of course, the alliance between Russia and China is the, probably the biggest uh, issue in geopolitics. Um, you know, when Russia and China are aligned with each other and uh, expanding their trade and uh, Russia's providing you know, plenty of fuel to China, uh, and other you know, critical uh, materials, then there's no way that the United States can um, – well, we, we can't win against an alliance of Russia and China. And the idea stopping uh, – and if can't, China wants ta- Taiwan, they'll take it. There's nothing we can do about it.
1: Well, I mean, but we we also we we also can't handle being stretched thin. I mean, you make a point in the column. It's a few days old again now, but uh, North Korea fired two warning missiles uh, because the U.S. put an aircraft carrier in the region. You know, I mean, the North Koreans are feeling their oats. The Iranians are feeling their oats. The uh, I mean, there's no end to this at this point. I mean, the only problem is that probably the most detrimental thing happening in people's daily lives is the American economy and inflation. Although even that's hard to understand at this point in terms of, uh, you know, some of the numbers so I, I yeah i don't know john i mean i i well i i think you're right about this don't play nuclear chess with the russians i mean the bigger the bigger problem to me is that the chinese are emboldened and and they're emboldened now with as you point out the russians i mean you're not now the chinese are 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 uh, leveraging that and and john on april 1st Vladimir Putin became the head of the, is it the, the UN Security Council? I think that's how it is. It's a rotating position. So he's a war criminal, except when it comes to the UN's uh, Security Council and, and when it comes to, uh, selling, uh, natural gas and other energy, uh, on the market that is fungible, he, he's doing just fine. I mean, how insane is this that we are, we drawn into this America when the rest of the world is, is, uh, has again no skin in the game. I, I heard from somebody over the weekend of the polls, um, are complaining that Germany talks a big game but they're not putting any they're not putting as much as other nations into the fight so here we are yet again
2: and, and we still have uh, the Biden administration you know uh shutting down American production of oil and gas and other forms of energy i mean you know, so and the most um uh, dangerous thing that's on the horizon is if the United States dollar is no longer what they call the world's reserve currency, which means, which that is the fact that enables the federal budget to uh, basically do deficit spending. Uh-huh. Right, right. We can't do that anymore. <clears throat> uh, our nation becomes poorer overnight.
1: Hmm. Um, all right, John, I do want to uh, transition though while I have you. I know you got a column this week and we'll probably talk to you again. Um, but, um, the, the, uh, the Donald Trump, the specter of, uh, Donald Trump flying to New York City to, uh, appear on Tuesday in the court uh in manhattan and the new york county uh, district attorney's charge or grand jury has charged him john you and andy schlafly in your column have w- written for months and and i actually i think i think i teased you publicly but i certainly did behind uh the closed doors that you were writing about it too much so I, you kept writing about the georgia district attorney politicizing the election cycle and and using his uh podunk prosecutor's office to interfere with a presidential election well the, i guess the new york county the so-called Manhattan District Attorney Alan Bragg, beat you to it uh, before Georgia, although I bet Georgia's coming next. I, I, you feel free to spike the football, uh, but where do we go from here?
2: Uh, one concern is that whether the judge who is handling uh, Trump's case and where Trump will be arraigned on these ridiculous charges uh, <clears throat> imposes a gag order on Trump. Now, this really would raise the matter to a, new, a whole new level if the leading candidate for president of the United States is subject to a gag order. We simply cannot allow that. And at that point, I think and hope that uh, Trump's lawyers will seek federal intervention hmm. to protect the presidency of the United States and the campaign for presidents against the leading candidate being Gagged. We can't have the candidate for president being gagged. Uh, He's got to be free to speak to the nation about the issues of concern to Americans, including the issue pending in that New York court. So, but, and yet, uh, Breitbart has predicted, and others think it's likely, that that's what the judge will do. So, that will be the biggest issue by far if that happens.
1: Uh, John, over on we we'll talk with John Schlafly again. John, over on Twitter, I know you're a huge guy. You love Twitter. You love to just get on there and surf all day long. But uh I, I noticed that as the coverage of Donald Trump. Uh, they had breathless coverage, you know, helicopters. And, I, and I, I don't think I told you this, John, when I was in Florida a few weeks ago and went to Mar-a-Lago, when you come back from Mar-a-Lago, and at least when I did, and go back towards the hotels where people stay, I guess, normal people, not in Palm Beach proper, um, you go past the airport and, and the Trump plane was uh, parked there. Trump Force One parked there majestically. It's like, you know, like the whole all of Palm Beach is Donald Trump's. So anyway, the coverage on MSNBC, breathless coverage of helicopters covering Uh, the uh, one, two, three, four, five, I think six or seven SUVs as they uh, drive Donald Trump to the Palm Beach International Airport and then coverage of the takeoff of the plane, breathless coverage. You know, Trump uh, arrives at Palm Beach International Airport, I guess it was a video, and then flies to New York. Um, And here's the thing that's interesting, John, a liberal tweeted it's unbelievable. Andrea Mitchell breathlessly doing play by play on Trump's motorcade, slowly heading to the airport where his plane awaits arrival, take him to New York for tomorrow's arraignment. No, not again, MSNBC. Did you learn nothing from 2016? I don't know, John, they wouldn't cover him doing policy speech after policy speech. And Trump's been doing them on video, you know, three, four, six minute videos. Very serious. Very significant. No coverage. They're going to cover him, though, uh, on trial. Right. I mean, and and I, I guess you're saying they're going to try to uh, get him to not say anything. I, I, even if there's a even if there's a gag order, John, isn't the gag order on the uh, uh the uh, um, what's going on in the court and in the case. But there's no gag order on everything else. Trump's going to want to talk about, which he will. Uh, great lengths, right?
2: Well, that's a fine line. Uh, I mean, what you, you know, that judges like to issue gag orders for high-profile cases. I mean, both Roger Stone and Paul Manafort, uh, you know, both of whom are longtime Trump associates, uh, were subject to gag orders. And... Um, You know, the the whole purpose of the Trump prosecution is to prevent him from running for president in 2024 and being elected president. So why not? That's one of the tools in the toolkit for a judge, federal or state. So why not do it? No, I think it's likely that will happen.
1: But again, John, isn't it? What's the what's the uh, I guess the grounds is that you can't make you can't. you can't you can't let a national candidate you can't limit his speech at all? I mean, couldn't you can c can't can't won't there be an argument that you can limit him as to limit it as to this topic?
2: Uh I think uh, what you're saying, Ed Yes. Limiting a candidate for president of the United States <laughs> as to the topics he can discuss? <laughs> are you kidding me?
1: No, we can't allow that. I knew, it that, wouldn't that's go, an outrage. I knew this would not go well.
2: Every principle, you know. Here we are. Supposedly, we're sending weapons to Ukraine in order to fight for democracy. Supposedly, and uh, and then we're watching what happened in Israel, and all you know, this. You know, people have a kooky idea about what democracy is, but we can't have a democracy if we can't have a free, wide open, and robust debate for the candidates for people who are going to lead our country.
1: Uh, we're talking about John. a critique
2: of the justice system,
1: right? Um, John, I knew I wouldn't. This wouldn't go well when I'd started down this line. But I'm going to ask you again: Can you can you envision? A, a scenario where the judge says, um, OK, I know you got to talk about everything under the sun, but as to what's going on inside the courtroom, be quiet. You don't have any time for that either, John. I you th- can't even get you get you there, huh?
2: I don't think Trump should accept that. Okay. No, the, I, yeah, the judge might say that, but I, I don't think there's any way to police that line. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we all know. Uh, President Trump, and we <laughs> we know how he speaks. Right. And, uh, uh, no, I don't think that's workable. It's just not workable.
1: All right. Next, uh, last uh, question, John. Um, seriously, I'm not joking. Um, the Georgia DA, uh, Fulton County, Georgia, indicts Trump in two weeks?
2: Well, that was delayed. The, the court that supervises that grand jury gave... Um, district attorney a month, I believe, to respond to the motion that Trump's attorneys filed to shut the whole thing down. And uh, I guess so they'll file something and then Trump will have an opportunity to respond and then maybe it'll be argued in person. So all of that, I think, uh, has to take place before there would be an indictment there.
1: Um Oh, by the way, John, I'm looking back at my notes here because I haven't talked to you. Um, did you see the Mar- Marjorie Taylor Greene interview on 60 Minutes?
2: Um, <laughs> I read the transcript. Oh. CBS posted a transcript of the interview. I, I, I'm sorry I'm not in the habit of turning on <laughs> a CBS at, even at, at that time or at any other time. But uh, I read the transcript, and I, you know, based on that, I thought she did fine.
1: She. Uh, yes, I think she did. She, I mean, she makes him crazy, which is funny. I, I didn't get to see it myself. I was wondering. But I've heard people telling me uh, a lot on it. All right. John Schlafly, everybody. John Schlafly's column is over. Uh-huh. She said
2: she she, you know, she took to Trump because they both came out of the construction industry. I thought that was an interesting observation.
1: Oh, ah, that is interesting.
2: You yeah. know, people in the construction industry. Sure. They, they are plain talking, yeah. you know, hardworking people
1: well they know how to make a deal and and uh and fight for things and right get through it right i still i still there's still i think i still have a permit on my basement bathroom it hasn't been done speaking of construction i'll have to work on that all right uh john schlafly everybody the his column runs over at townhall.com townhall.com also uh, archived at phyllis he's generally two sometimes three weeks ahead of what's happening in the world um so you want to go there and check that out and i'm sure his column this week which we'll talk to him about later on the week will be about i suspect it'll be about. About what they're doing up in uh, New York City. So we'll take a break and we'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Back in a moment.
0: This is the Pro America Report on The Answer San Diego.
1: Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Time to check in with our old friend Ted Malik. Ted Malik, of course, is a, uh, well, in fact, in this piece this week, you talk, Ted, about some of your history. You kind of go through it. I, I guess I didn't realize, uh, Solomon Brothers at one point. Is that right? Is that, is that what I remember? What? Yeah, Solomon Brothers. Yes. You, you, you worked there.
3: That was my firm on Wall Street. Yeah, so uh, during not, the liar, liars poker period. You yeah,
1: know. yeah, it's weird. You, you, you seem to be everywhere. Yeah, at one point you were an international Sherpa and a Davos guy, and you've been an author and a professor and a teacher, and now often a writer. This piece is over at One America News on their commentary page. Title headline is "Our Enemy," and a very good photo of you know a, a good photo for the purposes <laughs> of, uh, of Vladimir Putin uh, staring back at us. So welcome back, Ted Malik. First of all, um, I, I read this piece, and I think it's helpful because you're basically describing what people may have forgotten, which is out of the Cold War, we did have an enemy. Um, the enemy was the Soviets, and Vladimir Putin was in that. Um, he, he was part of that. It wasn't. Uh, it, it wasn't history to him. It was part of what he was doing.
3: No, he's a trained KGB agent. He was the head of the Dresden office in the former DDR, the Deutsche Demokratische Republik, East Germany. He was, uh, you know, um, a, a card-carrying uh, Leninist. And he used his abilities, which uh, have to do with uh, sabotage and uh, espionage and all kinds of dirty tricks, to become eventually the deputy Mayor of uh, St. Petersburg used to be called something else, you might recall, Leningrad. Yeah. yeah. And um, he's a Ronchivist. He wants to take back, we've known this actually for some time, more than a decade. He wants to take back the borders of the former Soviet Union. He, I mean, the people in the West are naive to think that Putin is somehow a good guy or our friend or he's not that bad or he has no ambitions. I mean, they have their heads buried in the sand. So I guess they need somebody like me who has been there, who has all of the uh, uh, scars from the Cold War to remind them what happened.
1: So we're talking again with Ted Malik and Ted, um, you point out in here, like for example, I don't think I knew the number. Uh, the estimate estimation is that close to a trillion dollars is what Putin would have <laughs> uh, would have taken in stolen assets. I mean, you know, the in other words, this is a, a massively corrupt place. One line in your piece, which mm-hmm. I printed it out and highlighted it, and now I'm not I'm not seeing it. But you say, um, our oh, um. Yeah, here we go. Uh, in twenty twenty three, a weak, feeble and badly compromised President Biden has failed to recognize that the even weaker Russian wealth, uh, uh, well, former and future Soviet leader is working overtime in Ukraine. I guess my point here is in Russia is is Putin weaker I, in the sense I, it doesn't look like he's lost political power. Is that am I? Uh, I don't know how to read it. Well, Do
3: you see something I mean- different? Some people say the polls in oh. in Russia, are, you know, show Putin to have seventy percent popularity. Or something. I it's naive even to talk about such a thing. There is no freedom of expression. No way to even measure that. They don't even have access to information. I mean, Russia has gone back nearly to the state it is occupied, you know, in nineteen ninety one when we when we and, I, and I, I can tell you the members of that team were trying to take it down.
1: The um, so but so Ted um, if it is when I what I see is a weak Joe Biden, which emboldened uh, and a weak foreign policy, right. which emboldened Putin to go yeah. charging across and to make progress. Uh, he did it to Obama. He didn't do it to Trump, and he did it to Biden. Right.
3: Yeah, and of course, last week he had as his guest in Moscow the Chinese President Xi Jinping, uh, and they are colluding together. Uh, which is very frightening. Two enemies, you know, uh, is 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 a, is a horrible kind of new axis, and they're trying to establish a new world order and to strengthen ties. I think the next thing that comes, frankly, people are talking about it in twenty twenty four. Is China's attempt to take uh, Taiwan?
1: Well, and why wouldn't Why wouldn't uh, President Xi see what uh, the uh, the Biden administration has done and think as good a time as any right now?
3: uh that's uh the strategic thinking i think of uh, of most sane people he's he's been building on that for you know 11 years himself and he said he's going to do it we, we don't seem to take people seriously Putin <laughs> has said these kinds of things for as i said over a decade his uh so-called brain uh, mr dugan has said these things for 20 years which is basically the revival of the former Soviet Empire, call it what you will. I used to say that the Soviet Union was gone and Russia is not the Soviet Union. There's something to be said for the fact that Russia, you know, the Soviet Union is not gone and Russia is looking more and more like the Soviet Union.
1: So when you look up at uh, the Ukraine situation again, we're talking Ted Malik and and you say uh, and, and you can see more clearly who Putin really is. Um. what is the path out of there? I mean, Donald Trump was quoted the other day as saying, you know, when I get in office, we'll settle
3: this 24 hours,
1: 24 hours, meaning I think to him, we just got to make a deal. They both may be unhappy with it, but the world can't stand it. Is what what is the what is the more most likely what do you see as the most likely path out of this?
3: Well, I'm not sure he could impose his deal on either of those adversaries presently. They're too far entrenched. Right. The time to have made that deal was, you know, a year and a half ago when it was possible. And I I believe he was still in office and he didn't do it. Hmm. Uh, The the fact is that uh, they're they're both heavily invested. And, you know, with the West fueling the Ukrainians and Russia now probably getting more support, maybe even – Physical support from the Chinese side, this war could go on another three years with all the devastation. I mean, not just physical property, but hundreds of thousands of lives. The, um, um, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, you know, it will take some diplomatic action to get us back even to a discussion of the Minsk Accords. And um, that becomes, that negotiation becomes, I think, much more difficult as time wears on.
1: When you, uh, saw, uh, Putin announce, I think he announced it. I don't think he did it yet. To, he was going to put, um, uh, uh, nuclear weapons in, uh, Belarus. Belarus. Yes. I mean, again, when you read when I read your piece, uh, it's got a, a clarity of experience. It's like, Hey, why would you be surprised? And so he says he's going to do it. Uh, w- would you be surprised? Except maybe he can't afford to, to move around nukes too easily. Uh, it, it, it seems likely he'd do it, right?
3: Well, I I wouldn't be surprised that there are some there already, so that's it's not a movement that uh, would surprise some of us in the West at all. Uh, You know, if if he were to use tactical nuclear weapons, which, of course, he has threatened, uh, that escalates the whole uh, enterprise, you know, to another level. And I I think there is good fear now for that potentially to happen in the Ukraine.
1: Um, The... uh So the end of the piece, uh, and Ted Malik's our guest, as Putin's idol, Vladimir Ilyich Lenin himself once wrote, the capitalists will sell us the rope with which we will hang them. Um, is, and then you say, (coughs) we can't give these latter day Putinist Soviets any rope. They weren't remain our enemy. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Uh, you don't sound too confident that we are are seeing clearly. Is there who, who would you describe uh, uh, out there in our leadership that's seeing it clearly? Anybody? Uh, there are some,
3: uh, you know, Republicans that that are, you know, are, are able, I think, to see this, both in in the Senate and and you know, people like Mike Pompeo and others. Uh, I use this term in, on, on purpose, and I just to underscore it. These are Putinist Soviets, uh, and uh, to suggest that uh, Putin has somehow, you know, left his former soviet mentality and kgb practices is is you know it's absolutely mistaken
1: well and and i guess it's worse than naive because it's caused this as you say the shift if uh the chinese are uh, allied with uh it um with the with, uh, russians it's it maybe the worst case scenario but but w- would you concede ted that um the re- the the most formidable enemy in the world is the chinese communists right i mean in terms of the size and scope of their both Clearly. influence and power right so yeah, looking
3: yeah. ahead the scale is, is completely different the technology the ability the you know the scope of what they said they plan to do but they are you know i mean mind you less a global power and more an indo pacific power but if you have an axis between yeah uh the russians former soviets soon to be soviets again and their marxist leninist comrades still in red china i use all caps when i say red china because right. nobody re- seems to remember that either uh, <laughs> then we have a uh, you know uh, an, an alliance that is as formidable as i would say the nazis and the japanese in world war ii
1: yeah, it's a well. It's a uh, it's a good uh, r- r- refresher or a reminder. Uh, Ted Malik. okay. Ted Malik, again. His piece is over at One America News on the uh, commentary page. There, getting a lot more traction. Uh, o a n n dot com. I put it up on social media. Thank you, Ted. As
3: always. Oh, what's next, Ted? What's what are you working on next? I am working on uh, <clears throat> something that will be out very soon, um, called Cities of Hate, ooh, which is an analysis of. What happened in Philadelphia and how it's happened in other cities, unfortunately, from coast to coast, and my conclusion, which I think your listeners will be interested in hearing, is leave the cities now.
1: Mm. Mm, okay we'll look forward to that one all right ted malik thank you ted as always uh uh that's a good that's an interesting idea i just uh, got a documentary someone sent me uh on new york city and it was the 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 fall and rise of new york city it was about all this this uh, from the 70s into the 90s it succeeded and I, I don't think that the documentary covers the disastrous fall again uh so we'll see all right we'll take a break we'll be right back it's ed martin here on the pro america report back in a moment
0: Pro-America Report, on The Answer, San Diego. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, presenting a daily conservative pro-family perspective since 1983 and continuing the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles,
1: Ed Martin. Democrats think that they've found a loophole in our system for electing the next president. They're misusing the power of prosecutors by plotting to indict the leading Republican candidate while he is running for president. If she can get away with it, a low-level Democrat prosecutor in Atlanta would thereby wield the equivalent of millions of extra votes instead of just one vote by herself. It would be a form of voter suppression worse than what led to passage of the 1965 Voting Rights Act. The report of the special purpose grand jury in Atlanta, Georgia's Fulton County should be viewed for what it is, a violation of the Constitution by interfering with the next presidential election. The American people, not a politically partisan prosecutor, have the right to pick our next president who must be allowed to campaign on a level playing field. This irregular special purpose grand jury was impaneled on May 2nd, 2022, nearly 18 months after the 2020 election and the events the grand jury is supposed to investigate. Its purpose is to approve criminal charges against Donald Trump over his well-publicized and perfectly legitimate effort to find 11,780 missing votes in Georgia's 2020 presidential election. The Constitution contains many safeguards against usurpation of power, which indeed was our founding father's biggest fear. Of course, no one is saying that criminals should not be held accountable for their actions, But extra care must be taken when a civil servant tasked with administering justice could have the appearance of meddling in politics. Instead of taking that extra care, the prosecutors of Fulton County, Georgia, have all but broadcasted their political agenda and that it is motivating their antics. They are a disgrace to the word justice itself. The only way to restore the confidence of citizens in this Justice Department is to firmly repudiate the overreach of these rogue prosecutors. They've crossed the line in the most egregious possible way, and they deserve immediate removal from their positions of public trust. From Phyllis
0: Schlafly Eagles, this has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin. Election fraud has the power to destroy the America we know and love. Never again can we allow an election to be stolen. At phyllisschlafly.com, you'll find reasonable, workable strategies for assuring the integrity of every future election. Visit phyllisschlafly.com today. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report.
1: Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Hey, I just got a couple of minutes to wrap up. Less than a minute, actually. Uh, let me just say this. Uh, I haven't had a chance. I'll try to do it tomorrow. It'll be over by then. But uh, UConn is uh, is the winner, um, of course. And more importantly, uh, I wanted to talk to you about the UConn basketball coach, Bob uh, excuse me, Dan Hurley, who I know from growing up. I'll tell you some stories about him, but uh, a fun uh, NCAA tournament this year. I have to say, I enjoyed it a lot more than I have in other years. I don't quite know why. I, I watched a bunch of games with my family i guess that was the factor uh but um but it was uh, a lot more fun than i remember it being so uh we'll i'll cover that and i'll get you an update on some basketball news uh tomorrow and um the uh i just want to say thank you as always to uh, the great noah dingley for all he does and also thank you to uh ryan Hyde for producing we will be back tomorrow it's ed martin here on the pro america report talk to you then